morning, witches. This is the Witch Daily Show with host Tanya Brown. We are coming to you from New Orleans, Louisiana to offer you a bite-sized bit of magic. Our 20-minute-ish episodes are the perfect start to your day. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your pop of magic. So we have a special segment today. We are talking with Veronica Varlow. Veronica is the last line of Bohemian Witches, a fourth-generation intuitive and international burlesque showgirl. She is the best-selling author of Bohemian Magic, Witchcraft, and Secret Spells to Electrify Your Life. She is the founder of Spectaculous Witchcraft, a tradition of witchcraft that holds the bohemian roots of her grandma Helen mixed with her own rock and roll art magic combined. Um, She's been featured with a lot of brands I really like, um, (laughs) which includes The Tonight Show, Playboy, CNN, MTV, uh, Chanel, Tiffany & Co., Vogue, Marc Jacobs. Um, super cool, super cool stuff. Oh, and uh, she's one of the co-founders of the infamous Chelsea Hotel Coven in NYC. Beautiful. This is You're so good. This is meant to be. Uh, this is yeah. meant to be, Tanya, because, uh, you know, we're already talking vampires before we got on this. And now we're talking about the Chelsea Hotel and we're oh. soulmates. That's what's happening, Tanya. So. We're soulmates. Gosh, I'm so sad. You can't like go anymore. A friend of mine went to the Chelsea Hotel before they closed. And I'm like so jealous. Well, I I have a very dear friend who is one of the holdout residents oh who is an artist there. And he actually, uh, the, the room was passed down by Valley Myers, who's a, who was a witch and an artist. And she had tattoos on her face and a baby fox that she would carry around. And this is her old apartment and it's kept exactly how she had it with some of my friend Tony's flair. And so that's where we have the coven. So, so we're allowed to go in there and it's, I think there's only like 50 resonance left that held out. So it's pretty cool. It's really yeah, fun. It is, oh, that is really cool. That yeah. uh, I really, really regret that I never got to um, check it out when it was like, I guess, I guess when it was still a hotel, um, mm-hmm. But oof, so cool. So yeah, yeah, you're like one of the coolest people we've ever talked to. So I do have to ask, um, you wrote this book, um, but you also do all this other cool stuff. So like, um, like which kind of came first? Uh, The kind of burlesque showgirl kind of uh, theatrical aspect or were you really into writing? You know, it's interesting, Tanya, because I feel like all of us, it's its very much a uh, which came first, the chicken or the egg. And I think that each one of us has our own magical egg of life and you crack it open. And sometimes I think more times, more often than not, there's two beautiful yolks in that one egg, like that magic thing that two yolks come out of one eggshell. And I think that my love of writing and my love of burlesque and showgirls kind of happened. I think it was just a part of me. I think both of them happened kind of at the same time because I've been writing books, um, 
creating and crafting little books when I was like, as soon as I could write, I was making little books and I was obsessed with, there used to be these ShopRite commercials and they had these girls on them dancing the can-can. And the whole thing was about trying to get you to buy these on sale cans of, I don't know, beans or something. And, but they would do have all these can-can dancers dancing on top. And as a little girl that's one of my earliest memories and just thinking man what are they doing like that's what I want to be when I grow up so people would be like what do you want to be when you grow up and like other kids would be like I want to be a vet I want to be an astronaut I'd be like I want to be a can-can dancer (laughs) (laughs) I was obsessed with them they were so beautiful and lively and they had these fantastic costumes and yeah so yeah yeah sign me up (laughs) all of it so I think oh, it kind of happened all the same. It's It all got rolled into one, I think. Well, it's funny because that's actually um, something I hear really often with people who grow up to be performers in any kind of aspect is there's always that story of when I was little, I saw someone doing that and I wanted to be that, you know? Yeah, yeah <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah, that's so definitely what happened to me. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, you just wrote a book, which I have seen um, all over because it is beautiful, and you you can't like ignore it. it. It's not a book that fades into like the scrolling background, you know, because it's so beautiful. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. It's it's been a really it's a it's been a really beautiful journey with the book and it's, it's my heart poured onto the pages. So it's an art spell and it's, it's got my whole entire life and spells and things in it. So I'm really, really excited about this. This is like um, my own like golden child, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, like writing a book and like going through the process is very similar to, creating a child you know it's long and tedious but then if you wait long enough you forget and then you'll agree to do it again (laughs) (laughs) so it's very similar (laughs) and you see yourself in it as well and you're like all right (laughs) yes yes I love it I love it so people who don't know what bohemian magic is can you um kind of elaborate on it? Sure, sure. So Bohemian Magic is a book that I wanted to write because my grandmother, Helen, as I was growing up, taught me all of these traditions from her mother. And her mother came from the westernmost part of what was once known as Czechoslovakia. And that is known as the land of Bohemia. And so she passed down all these traditions to me and, you know, growing up and things like that, I was really interested in witchcraft and reading all sorts of books about the occult. And I didn't quite see what my grandmother taught me. There were some similarities, but there was a lot of things that were very different or my grandmother's personal kind of traditions or rituals that were passed on from her grandmother. And the truth is, is that back in 2011, um, I had a house fire and I lost 
a lot of my personal journals and my writings and things that I had written for spells and dreams and, you know, my, my magical grimoires. And I realized that life is so short and so many things can happen. And I really wanted to share this legacy of my grandmother, Helen, and share the things that she taught me because I really feel like her magic helped shape and change my world. And I wanted to share that with others. And I wrote right after the house fire that my mission was to write a book so that it could be out there and thousands and thousands of copies could be out there so they couldn't all be destroyed. And that part of my grandma would be able to live on forever. And that was really important to me. Um, and bohemian magic is also the foundation of my grandmother's magic, but also my own, it's a mix. And it's, it's a lot of my own rock and roll, urban, like New York City magic. It's got a lot of the vibe of the magic of the Chelsea Hotel in it. And you know, magic that I've worked with the women at my witch camp and covens like for the last decade and things that I've really learned through trial and error <laughs> for the last, you know, since because my grandmother really started me teaching me magic when I was like six years old. So so I've I know I know what doesn't work for me. I know what doesn't work and I know uh spells like what has worked. And I share that uh, because I think that's really important. So it's a mix of, of my grandmother and me and also my husband, David Barlow, who is a, he's a modern heathen and uh, does a lot of green witchery and things like that. So it's a combination of us all. I think that's really beautiful. The idea of, um, you know, like you said, you had all of these journals and all of this history kind of destroyed and you were like, you know what, I'm not going to let this happen. <laughs> like, I'm not going to let it just disappear. So to go through the process of writing a book and not only, you know, Helen in that way, but also, mixing in your unique passions and perspectives and viewpoints. So it becomes this um, perfect little melting pot of family and culture across generations because things change throughout the generations and uh, you add a little bit to it with each family member with that, you know, with that, like everyone involved. And so to have this kind of melting pot of all of this magic, I think is just like really beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. And I, my hope is that as people are reading this book, um, there's a whole section in the front where you enchant the book to you, where you take a piece of your hair and paste it in the front and where you leave your lip prints on the corner and where you really connect with the book because as witches, our tools, the tools that we use, we bring them to life. And I feel like this book is a companion. I feel like it's it could be a lifelong friend to a witch. And I feel like it's really beautiful to be able to have each person that reads it then 
you know, do their own take on that. And they, I encourage them like in, in one of the chapters, I show how step-by-step of the ways to cast spells that I have found. There's five, there's five points that I feel like are crucial to casting a spell. It is really powerful. And I take the reader step-by-step through things that I've done. And then it, turns it back to the reader and says, so this is things that you can do. Here's an example. Here's how you would go through it. And I really encourage the reader to come up with, you know, some of the their own things that are really passionate and powerful in their life, because you have to put your own spirit, your own art, your own unique wild magic into your spells. If you just do a, you know, if you're just going step by step in a, in in a spell book, I don't think it's as powerful. Um, if you're, if you, you're not adding pieces of you. So I really talk about how to do that process in the book. I absolutely uh, love that because one, you're completely right, you know, and a lot of books do not, um, do not convey that message. Uh, A lot of books will be like, you have to do it A, B, C, D, or it's not going to work. And at the end of the day, witchcraft spans the whole world, multiple cultures, multiple different people. If there was one way to do it all, wouldn't everyone do it? But the fact that we don't just shows that it works differently for different people. And, um, you know, starting with someone else's rundown is obviously a great way to start because you can learn what works and what doesn't, but you're completely right. You have to have the confidence and the, um, ability to be present enough to recognize what's working, what's not. And then you can adjust at your own and then you're your own powerful, witch, you know, and not kind of copying something else that's half working. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And putting your own magic into it is, is so important. And it really calls your power back to you when you're doing magic and you're, you're, you know, going along the guideline of a spell, that's fine, but also adding your own unique signature to the magic, I think is what really makes a spell powerful. It makes it more powerful for the witch casting it, and it makes the spell more powerful when you are that attached to it. So you have a quote in your book that is reminding me of all of this. Um, And it says, when you stop worrying about what others think of you, you make room for your own magic to thrive. And I love that quote because I think we all can relate to the feeling of being very, very confident in some aspects of our life. Like there's some aspects of my life where you can't tell me nothing. Like I, (laughs) you know, but then there's other aspects where like you walk into a room or around certain people and suddenly you feel like you're 12, you know, and that confidence is shot. So I really like um, this quote, but could you like possibly um, elaborate on it a little bit more? Sure. I think that I think I wanted to put this in there because I think that so many people come to me and say, like, well, how do I be a witch and what do I need to do to be able to be a witch? And there's all this like fear and worry about being good enough to be a witch and I'm finding that more and more, hearing about that more and more. And I really wanted to 
share my story with people and let them know that, you know, even, even when I was, you know, even though I grew up with a magical grandmother who raised me this way and taught me so much magic, the truth of the matter is she passed when I was 12 years old. And then, you know, I was moving on with my life. I moved to New York City. It was really difficult. I realized that I was working all the time to keep a roof over my head and go to school. And I kind of forgot about my magic. And I think that that's something that happens to most of us, that if we had magic as children, as we go through life and as things are, you know, we've got bills to pay and we have all these responsibilities, it's easy to forget about our magic. And I wanted to, you know, when I was getting back into my magical world was after I I was volunteering at an animal shelter and I got attacked in the face by a Rottweiler who ripped off my nose uh, almost all the way. It was just on left on one side. And um, I was like, it came, his teeth came inches away from my uh, left eye. And I went to go get surgery right away and it was eight hours worth of surgery and they couldn't put me under because I was so in shock. And I thought to myself, why haven't I done the things in my life that I wanted to do? And the only thing I could come up with is because I was afraid of what other people would think of me. So really fear of what other people think of me was stopping me from living my best life. And at that moment, I just realized that you know, it's, it's hard and it's something that we have to remind ourselves all the time. But when I push that fear aside and my grandmother used to say that fear stands for forgetting everything is all right. And when I kind of got like completely shook up by this experience and this dog attack, I realized that what a positive and beautiful thing it was like that dog was like my version of a guardian who came and was like, you're on the wrong path. Like you need to get on the path that you're supposed to be on. And I was on a path of fear and worrying about what other people thought about me. And when I let go of that, it was terrifying, but it gave me room to live my life with magic. And everything blossomed after that happened. And all of the witches that I've talked to, it seems like all of us have had like an initiation moment where we have to say yes to our own magic, where we have to. And I think that that's really, I think that's, it's it's something important to talk about because I think that it's something that we all go through that moment where we're like, you know what, fuck it, we're doing this. Like, I have to, I have to, I'm going to die otherwise. Like I have to do my magic or like, I can't keep it buried any longer. Yeah. So I had, I, yeah, I had one of those moments and um, I've shared the story on the podcast before. So I'll, you know, really shorten it um, for you, but you know, I worked in like an office, you know, since I graduated college, so really, really young. And like, it really like, owned my life. And I kept 
getting this message like in my ear that would say, Hey, this chapter in your life is over. It's time to move on. But when you're a young adult and you've only known one thing, one job, one, everything, it is so scary to change that. Um, but it's, and it's funny. Cause like when you talked about, uh, the Rottweiler attack, um, the first thing I thought was because I did this is how many signs or how many pushes did the universe try to give you before that, before it was like, okay, we really need to knock her down to get her to listen, you know? It's true. So, it's true. And then, yeah, I did, ex- I did that kind of thing. I, um, there were so many signs that were so unavoidable that I basically quit my job with nothing lined up and it all came down. I'll never forget to a Thursday. And there w- it was one Thursday where I had done everything. I had quit my job. I had done interviews. I had, um, I was looking for a place to live. Like, like my whole world had been taken away from me, but I had done it on pure faith, like real genuine faith. And I remember I looked up at the universe and I was like, I did my part. Like I did everything that you were telling me to do. I did it all. And it's scary, but I did it. So I was like, I need you to do your part. And it was a Thursday where I got the job. I got the apartment, like, like everything just snapped together. And, you know, like you said, it blossoms after that things just, you know, not easy, but things just fall into place for a long time after you kind of realign with what the universe wanted for you. Um, and it is truly one of the most beautiful moments of my life and I'm sure yours, um, but it is a real show of faith. And I don't know if, um, a lot of people out there who claim to have faith really put like test it like that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard. I mean, you're talking to somebody who had to literally get attacked in the face by a damn Rottweiler to uh, do what I needed to do. So, so, you know, I, I really, I really understand, you know, and, and I, I think that it's such a big and hard thing to do. And I think that it's important to talk about because I think that there's so many people that might be listening at this moment and they may be feeling stuck and they may be feeling worried or scared or fearful of changing everything that they've known um, and kind of moving into a world that is more of art and magic and what they truly want to do. And, you know, it, it can be really scary. And that's why I wanted to put this story out there to kind of, uh, help people like be like, I'm, we're out here. I'm out here. You're out here, like encouraging people on and rooting them on to live their best lives and their dreams. Because what I didn't want to do is write a book that's like, well, I grew up with magic. I know magic. Here it is. Because that's not the truth. I grew up with magic. I went down a dark path. I totally turned my back on my magic. And then I had this experience. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm so far off my path. It's not even funny. 
and that can happen, you know, and, and, you know, bohemian magic and the stories and the spells are how I really came back to myself and called my power back to me. And that's why I wanted to share those intimate spells and that story, because I feel like it's a common theme. Um, it's with so many people that I've spoken to. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, with your book, um, I think there is a kind of a misconception about what Bohemia is. And I think a lot of people um, really just view it as maybe like an aesthetic because that's mm -hmm. how it's really presented in terms of fashion and all of this. So um, for anyone listening who maybe like believed that, can you kind of um, elaborate a little bit more on what Bohemia actually is? Sure. Well, there's, there's, there's several different meanings of Bohemia um, and Bohemian, but if you look, um, if you look it up in the dictionary, it is the, the first thing that it'll tell you is it talks about the region of this, this place that was part of the westernmost part of what was once Czechoslovakia in that area of the world. And that area was known and is still known as Bohemia. Um, so that's one. And then two, the second meaning of Bohemia and Bohemian is about it tends to be a Bohemian is an artistic person who is kind of living their own path is on the fringes of society. And so what we were talking about, like the people that would gather at the Chelsea Hotel, the poets and the troubadours and the artists and the musicians and all the different people that would get together and create. And so Bohemian magic actually has both of those meanings combined in the book because the book is very influenced by musicians and poets and artists. And I, I, throughout the book, it's like uh, my own grimoire and there's taped photos of, you know, Kurt Cobain and the Rolling Stones and Frida Kahlo and Jimi Hendrix. And there's all sorts of art throughout that's really important to me and has, has been a, a magical influence in my life. And so, so both ways of, um, of, Bo Bohemian are um, both definitions of Bohemian. And sure, there is also Bohemian as like a style, a vibe, a way to look, but where it's drawn from is originally that area of the world. And the artists that kind of took on that Bohemian lifestyle, which was kind of on the fringes of society and working their art and um, their magic. I believe. So in your book, uh, speaking about Bohemian magic, um, my, one of my favorite questions to ask uh, someone who has written a book is, was there anything that was supposed to be in it, but didn't make it in? <laughs> you are the only person that's asked me this. I've been in, I have to say, I have been in, I have done so many podcasts at this point that I've really, really enjoyed, really wonderful ones. And you are the only person that's asked me this question. It's an incredible question. And I will tell you, I had a 55-page chapter of sex magic. 
that did not get in the book. Yes, it did not get in the book because, and I understand why, because it was a book that was more focused on my grandmother's roots and things like that. And then, you know, it's, it's all the elements of, getting back to a strong foundation of self-love and creating your mojo and like, you know, electrifying your life. And the very last chapter was not originally the love magic chapter, which is the last chapter now, but it was the sex magic chapter. So there will be, and I was really honest and raw in the sex magic chapter. And I want to put that out as its own expanded, you know, I want to expand on it and, and put it out as its own book in the future, because I think it's really important. That sounds absolutely incredible. (laughs) (laughs) And I definitely think you should. (laughs) It's very, it's very, I was really proud of it because, you know, I go, I, I was very, uh, very honest in it and told my own story. Um, and was very vulnerable about things. And I, I feel like uh, it's something that needs to be put out there, but it just didn't, didn't quite fit correctly into Bohemian magic. So that's cool. So I, there will be a future um, Veronica Varlow sex magic book. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm seeing it. I want it to be like red velvet with gold lettering, you know, Mm, that's what I want. I want a luscious book like that. Yes. Yeah. That sounds absolutely perfect. Mm. Uh, So my last question for you is do you have anything cool um, coming up? Other than the um, highly anticipated sex magic expansion book. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I do. Oh, my goodness. So many things are happening right now. I am. Well, you can find me always at lovewitch.com, which is L-O-V-E-W-I-T-C-H.com. Easy peasy. And also, um, I'm doing, I'm really looking forward to doing in-person events. I miss everybody. I miss working with people in person. And I'm bringing back Witch Camp that I've been doing since 2014. Um, And, you know, doing, continuing on with the Chelsea Hotel Coven and doing workshops in person and online. And yeah, there's a lot of great uh, travel adventures uh retreats that I've been planning and looking into so as soon as the world opens again I'm ready. <laughs> I want to see all amazing. of you. Uh, I want to see oh. all of you again and work magic. That's a lot of fun when we do it together. Yes, you'll have to do um like a book tour. Yes. I you know I started doing a book tour and then everything started getting crazy again. So then I, I had to stop for a moment. So but yeah, so I can't wait. I'm I'm really hoping to do like a full book tour um this spring, summer and meet everybody. And that's like one of my favorite things to do is is meet everybody out there and and um meet all these fantastic witches all over the world. Like that's one of my favorite, favorite things for sure. Because like when I was a little girl, 
that's all I wanted to do is meet the witches. And <laughs> now I live in a world that is full of them and I'm fucking loving it. So, <laughs> so that's my favorite. I love meeting new witch brothers and sisters all over. So yay. Well, you'll have to come down to New Orleans. Yeah. Um, burlesque dancers who also listen to this podcast. So you yay. have a, like a family here already. Oh, I can't wait. I can't. I I probably I, I know I know a bunch of um beautiful witches and burlesque dancers in New Orleans. So I'm ready to I'm ready to go down <laughs> and visit for sure. For sure. Um so yeah, we'll have a link to your book in the podcast description. But is there anything else that um we didn't touch on that you wanted to share with everyone before we go? Well, I just want to say that um for all of the people listening to this talk right now, I want to say that I'm sending love and magic to every single one of you, whether you're just starting in your craft or you've been doing it for a really long time. I think one of the most important things to remember is to know that you were so incredibly magic when you were a little kid and you had natural abilities and intuition and magic when you were a child. And the more that you can bring that play and that fun and that love into your world now, the better. And I can't wait to meet you all. Witches, we hope that you have an amazing day filled with magic and inspiration. If you'd like to support the podcast, head on over to our Patreon. Need a support system? Find The Witch Daily Show on Facebook and our website, witchdailyshow.com.